This week on the Podland Trailcasters. What's up, Craigbot? It was basically for you. I was like, how, how far can I go without saying Penny here? I was disappointed, though, because, uh, yeah, I told, I, I told Trent in Watford that, that uh, my nickname for it was War Machine, and he just drew a blank. That sucks. Like, That's no then fun. he kept saying, you know, when you write that one down, it, it doesn't look the most appropriate. Yeah, make sure you get the dash in there. And he's like, yeah, make sure, make sure you get the dash. Like, I don't think he was understanding. That's a little disappointing, Trenton. Come on, bro. <laughs> it was one of the most challenging years from a win-loss perspective. But despite all that, it was the greatest year of basketball he's ever had because the organization and the team made him fall in love with basketball again. You kind of ended up saying, like, well, I'm ready to run through a wall, coach. He's like, yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, I am completely, I, it's like, I listen to him talk. I'm just like, let's go. Let's play some ball. <laughs> he laughed at me, and he's like, you're not going to believe me when I say it. He's like, but literally all I did all summer was, who needs prep? We're both professionals. Just go. Oh, what's up, man? How you doing? It's a pri- private Discord channel. <laughs> uh, T Blazer, you're muted. I'm not sure if you uh, know that currently. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> oh, I was kind of curious. Like, I wonder if we're gonna get new people just kind of hop in and be like, "Hey guys, how you doing?" Like in the middle of the. I have, the I have no problem. I just make sure it's got the right uh, inputs going here. Yeah, that's not. Don't tell me need the microphone port, please. There we go. That's better. Uh, and a three, and a two, and a one, and a clap. All right, do it again. I was zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> and a three, and a two, and a one, and a clap. It's because you're because you're making me count the and beats, baby. Throwing me off. Oh, okay. Well, let's do one more. Count. Let's do one more. Let's sync this up. That's how band geeks sync. They're like, all right, here we go. On the count of three, and a one, and a two, and a three, and a... no, there's what? Exactly. <laughs> one and and um, two and and three and and what are you doing? All right, keep it simple this time. Three, two, one. Hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in here with you from Hood River. My name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, Mr. Professional, and Mr. Media Day host for Rip City Radio. Take a bow, Mr. Christopher Joseph Burkhart. How are you, buddy? I'm wonderful. I hope everyone had a chance to listen to Monday's edition of the Rip City Drive with uh, Dwight and Chad, because Chad was out, so I was filling in for the very first time as the actual host. Because there is a difference between the role Chad plays and the role Dwight plays. I filled Dwight's role before. That's me on this show, because you're the host. I'm the guy who just talks because you toss it to me, right? And playing host is a lot different, especially when you're on live radio, bro. So uh, I had to bring it in from the very first segment. I almost did almost this close <laughs> but i didn't want to self-promote too much i almost did a hello rip city just just for you oh, on the, on the oh. radio show <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i would have died man here's the deal here's the deal this, this is my promise to you it's a rip city drive we did it's, it's everything it's all sports it's, it's, a, it's a prime time sports show 
But remember, October 10th, Courtside Mondays starts, and that's an exclusive Blazer mm-hmm. show. So on one of those exclusive oh, Blazer shows where it makes sense, I will open my show with a hello, Rip City, to all you listening out of town. <laughs> and blah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give it to you uh, just, just for you. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm touched already and in, just in anticipation. <laughs> well, great, man. Uh, speaking of anticipation, though, we are less than a week away from preseason basketball for the Blazers. You covered Media Day. There were, uh, there were the, essentially the podium interviews that everyone got to listen to, and then uh, Ripsy Radio, you and Dwight hosted yours as well. You know, like, like you mentioned, you're playing the role of Chad here. I have said before that, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a Chad light, you're a Dwight light as far as the roles go. You've got the, the bully Burkhart. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I, I would like to think that uh, I could aspire one day to be whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, a don't, Chad doing light. Don't sell yourself way. short, but, bro. You got... You don't tell yourself short. You got you got you got five years of podcast hosting under your belt. I got I got one year as a co-host with you, and enough radio shows that I've done now that I can count them on one hand. So don't sell yourself short. <laughs> don't sell yourself short. I remember we said it uh, uh, one day with uh, a couple of the friends from the Discord. There, if you think you can just get off the street and do that, dude. I've been doing this now for a long time, getting lots of opportunities. I'm still nervous every single time I get a chance because it's not easy. It's fun. Fun as hell. It ain't easy, though, which makes it that much more fun when you do a good show. I'm just saying I'm practicing like you said. And, you know, again, in the way that Dwight maybe mentored and helped and supported uh, you when you were coming up, you've managed to pass that along and and helped me come up in a lot of ways. We pass that along to our friends. Shout out to the Rip City Alliance, all the other people that uh, are on the Discord. And by the way, listeners, if you haven't yet joined you should really come and join the Discord because, Chris, last week you were dropping exclusive little uh, little tidbits, little things here and there, and and you 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 gave an avenue for people to ask questions straight to the players, which you then actually did. You on your interview with Dwight when you were talking to the players, there were definitely questions that I think came up in our Discord, and I think fueled some more. Yes, and I, and and just you know, I mean, as you know, just for the flow of things and how you go, I, you can't. You can't sit there on radio and go, okay, I got another listener question now, this time from, you know, Die Mad on our Discord. And I got another listener question. uh, Shout out? Yeah, from from Tara. Like, I I can't do that. Like, I, but I promise you, I asked almost (laughs) every single question that I could. The only one I didn't get a chance to ask, and it irritated me because they started to get behind. So we got wrapped really quick. Like, we only got like seven minutes with Dame, which is nothing. And so I didn't get to ask sheriffs phenomenal question about uh what it feels like to be close to passing clyde to become the team's all-time leading right, scorer this right, year yeah that's that's the only one on the top of my head i can think i didn't get a chance to ask so be, make sure you guys go listen to uh the last two days of rip city drive the podcasts are available on the iheart radio app uh i already talked to chad today they're going to be airing some more tomorrow and i guarantee you if you ask a question you're going to hear it uh in some way shape or form even if we didn't get i didn't get a chance to ask it personally dwight his mind was in the same place as a lot of you guys and asked the questions that you guys were looking for without knowing the list that we had so you're going to hear the answers which i i was i was really stoked about and glad that we could get those in for you guys i don't want to i don't want to ask questions and have have you guys do your job and send me some uh info that you want and then and then not deliver but i thought we did a great job so let's get into the media day stuff. I uh, was going to skip right by love hugs and hate mail tonight and everything like that. Just just go straight into the media no, day. No, no, no. Real quick. Love hugs episodes. and hate mail. Both okay, of our both of our loves go in the Trailblazers media day. 
both of our hugs are going to Trailblazers Media yeah, Day. You know. <laughs> and our hate mail is going to the fact that we're so hyped from Trailblazers Media Day, but we still have to wait a week or a month until regular season basketball <laughs> and, and a week until preseason basketball. That's our hate mail. Love hugs and hate mail done. 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 Okay. Done. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Also, shout out. Uh, one more extra love to Dimad. We already hey. mentioned him here on the pod tonight. But right before we started the pod, he was in the, on the Discord and he said, Lillard is healthy. Dwight and Chris both have jobs. All is right in the world. Uh, on, on one hand, you know, no big deal leaving me out of that. You know, no, like, you know, not worried about my uh, um, welfare. But also, yeah, everything's right in the world. And I, I love that he's spreading the love and he's feeling the love. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> level around so media day i want to talk about some um i want to talk about some of the quotes that we had from the podium just some of the things that we had from some of the higher ups real quick and then we can launch into mostly hey i want to hear more about uh what, what you felt uh talking to dame talking to shade and talking to simons uh first things first though let's start where they started with, with Dwayne. one of the things he mentioned right off the bat 85% of season ticket holders have renewed their seats. That's the lowest number since 2012. After last season, this shouldn't be too hard to understand why maybe some fans uh, aren't coming back in the same way. But is this anything that worries you? Is this anything you're concerned about? Or, or is this more of just, you know, uh, buy, uh, buy low, sell high kind of situation? Uh, it would not concern me in the least. Um, I think that number will rebound in... in the next years uh i think you look at a lot of of external factors i think unfortunately due to two years of covid and a crazy job market hello i just lived it, it took me a year after being after mm. being let go from mbc took me a year to get a job despite the fact i had a decade of experience as a digital media person in sport and don't tell me I didn't try. Uh, over 100 jobs I applied for, dude. Crazy. I, I think uh, the last few years, I think, have really, really attacked some people's pocketbooks, man. Um, I think that's the unfortunate part. I think that plays into it. And again, there's the other things, too, obviously. Uh, the performance of the team last year. Maybe some fans who have already vo voiced some concern, not jiving with certain things that the, the team has done. And uh, if you don't jive with billups or you don't jive with anything that's happened in the front office that's cool that's you i mean spend your money how you want to absolutely uh, but I, I think there's just so many factors keith i don't think they look at that and go oh man what did we do wrong i think there's a lot of external factors that have impacted how people spend their money this year that's fair i, I mean uh hangins also even mentioned uh the issue with rsns and the way that COVID has affected people uh and their 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 cable budget the same way that you're talking about when people tighten uh tighten the, the the purse strings uh to go back to an old <laughs> colloquialism about it uh you know yeah some of the things are gonna get that are gonna get cut are luxuries like cable or sports teams and the rest and that might have very little to do without the team perform itself uh but yeah like you said I'm, I'm not concerned especially i after hearing what we heard on media day i'm expecting pretty high level exciting basketball mm -hmm. not not necessarily saying they're contending for a championship but it's going to be fun and i am so stoked for next monday uh, just to get things started <laughs> off. One of the other real notable things that Hankin said was uh, Sean Hyken, friend of the show, asked him, "Are you actively, actively, are you actively planning on submitting an all-star bid for the next chance, which would be 2025?" The answer was more about, "No, we're not actively planning. We're just being all-star ready <laughs> uh, by 2030." Was uh, I think what what Dwayne said? 
And I mean, I don't know. I'm sure I'm not the only fan that was kind of like, well, that sucks. Cause that's, I mean, I guess not that far away, but so we're, t- we're talking eight years is the plan of when we want to be ready. Not even like, oh, we're locked in for it at that point. And the whole conversation of course has gone back to hotels or sprucing up the Rose quarter. Please. And it it's it just seems I mean like we we can save this for later, Chris. If you'd rather dive into this later, but no, no, it, no, it's it fine. I just like... say please because the argument about hotels being the problem in the city of Portland is is just the biggest lie when it comes to why you don't have an All Star. I mean, Ma- tell me about it. Ma- Major League Soccer did it. They brought in twenty one thousand people into that stadium. Yeah, it, it had an incredibly successful All Star weekend with that uh, with that sport. Hotels weren't a problem. Eugene, a much smaller city, does world track and field tournaments, uh, U.S. track and field trials. They bring in thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of people. They drink, what, 20, 30,000 people a day for a week plus, two weeks straight. Like I went to uh, when I covered the U.S. track and field trials a few years ago. Dude, that place was packed for two weeks and they don't have issues. And then we get people in our Discord who's like, oh, well, there was there was complaints about the hotel situation in Eugene during the, the last tri- uh, big track event they did. I, I get that, but there's a huge difference between complaints about the hotel situation and saying the hotel situation is why we're not going to hold the event. Because even if there was a strain on the hotel system or maybe not enough rooms to accommodate everyone, that still didn't make the world track and field event go, oh, can't do it there like they found a way to get this done right and so portland obviously i mean portland should have more than enough hotel rooms to get this done so that is the biggest biggest lie and the fact that keith the fact that you uh posted in the discord a a tweet that had been sent out from you know one of the many blazer historians on that wonderful bird app was that the whole hotel thing was used two decades ago two decades ago yeah that's same excuse yeah so that that hasn't changed that's it keith it's 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 an excuse and you talk about oh hotels 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 you know what you didn't have two decades ago that you have now oh airbnbs and other avenues to find places to have a place to stay so no uh there are a a plenty of factors that do play into a lack of an all-star game here uh but hotels no hotels are not so, the reason so what are the reasons like wait, wait, what are the reasons that portland seems just keep kicking this can down the road i do think i do think one thing i think i think hankins hinted at it with uh being all-star ready talking like sprucing the up NBA's. the rose quarter kind of thing like yeah i think i think sprucing up the rose quarter and giving moda center a facelift i think those two things will play into what happens with an all-star game in the future you look at at uh Utah, right? Utah getting the All-Star game 2023, right? How come how come Utah gets one and Portland doesn't get one? Well, you know what Utah has done in the last about 3 years now that or uh Oregon that Portland hasn't? They've completely refurbed their arena. That was built, I believe, the same it was either a year before or a year after, but the same time that that Moda was built and they completely refurbed it redid the inside made it a much more comfortable experience for fans a much more comfortable experience for the players and that plays in to whether or not an all-star game wants to come there so that's one of the factors for sure is sprucing up the but, stadium but chris, sprucing didn't, up didn't chris mcgowan just uh didn't didn't we just have a bunch of upgrades just a few years ago you're saying that wasn't good enough a fre- that hey wasn't- a, a fresh 
a fresh coat of paint ain't an upgrade. <laughs> Bringing in some some new local uh, food places is not necessarily an yeah. upgrade. I mean, I, 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 love, I mean, I, I've been on this one many a time, and you know that as as we've talked. Is uh, I think Moda Center holds up uh, extremely well for being built in 1995, right? Um, but if you travel around, you see all the brand new stadiums being built. You see something like uh, Vivint Arena that has been completely rebuilt from the inside out like they basically kept the shell and rebuilt the entire inside similar to what they did there at, at climate pledge arena in seattle and portland hasn't done that and so when you look at the inside you look at the concourses you look at those things they're, they're showing their age like what i love at vivant what they did is they like I said they tore down that entire arena bowl rebuilt it if you haven't been there before i love the feel of that stadium because it's built high like it's it feels like an old school college basketball stadium kind of like the pit oregon where it's like everything it's just built right on top of each other everything goes high and because of that Vertical, in your lim- yeah. in your limited space within the, the shell of that stadium you are allowed to create nice big open concourses like the concourses there flow so well now and they didn't used to mm-hmm. and even the main concourse at, at moda center right now if you go out you got a ticket in the hundred level and you get out to that main concourse it's halftime or it, it, it gets tight it gets tight mm, and the yeah. 300 level yeah. the 300 level like just because you're up t- up high doesn't mean you should have a crap concourse like <laughs> if you walk three wide on the 300 level man you're, you're gonna get stuck <laughs> <laughs> like so so uh yeah refurbing little things like that especially when you want to show off you gotta remember uh you're gonna want it, you're showing off to celebrities and hall of famers and every single basketball player and talent who comes into town for that so you want you want the glitz and the glamour so i think that plays into it more than more than hotel rooms myself let's move on from the all-star uh game stuff i'm sure we will have plenty of time to get back to that since they don't plan on doing anything about it in the near future joe cronin he had some quotes First off, he, he said, we're very confident that we're going to be competitive in a group that makes a lot of noise, not just this year, but for many years to come. He also, I, I don't have this other quote in front of me, so I'm going to paraphrase for a second, but he also said, he knows we're not there yet. He knows like we don't have the, the, the pieces that a competitive team needs uh, as far as uh, talent and chemistry, connectivity, which was a very key word among all the uh, interviews on, on the podium. Uh, we don't have all of it yet, but... Joe was basically saying, we're going to be making moves. Uh, like We are not done. And so, again, Chris, you and I have uh, harped many times that this is not a done project. You should expect for this team to possibly change during the season, most likely again during the offseason. Uh, I, I think later on as well, Joe, uh, in the same kind of uh, sense, he said, if Dame, like as far as the team timeline, if Dame only has one or two years left, that turns up the urgency. Now we have a little more time with the extension to get the perfect mix rather than pushing all the chips in on one big piece. We're going to figure this out the right way. So he's talking about making smart moves, making not just one, but probably multiple moves and, uh, and doing it over uh, not just the next few months, but probably the next year and and change. So I think, I think people know that, Um, but I also didn't get better. We keep talking about it. I also didn't get a vibe from him and our one-on-one that it's like everything must go as in like every like there's we have to make moves like i felt from him that he's very confident in where the team is right now at least as a building block and a good foundation moving forward um so if you have to trade pieces and get other pieces in obviously you have to do that that's how good teams work um but i do think he has a good vibe and i didn't get the idea that he thinks the team lacks chemistry at all i actually asked him about that and um I think he gave us the answer of that. Yeah, I think the team's already been building that, which is great because they I think he said 10 or 11 guys 
have been in town working since August, uh, including right, Dame, right. who stayed here all summer. Uh, and you could tell, uh, because I asked, I asked a couple players about that. You could tell right off the bat, dude, Gary, Gary Payton has, was a, a recent signing. And so he wasn't here last year. And he got a little bit of uh, experience with uh, Josh Hart uh, in his time in the league. But like Josh Hart came up and was joking with him in the middle of our interview. Giving him, giving him uh, right. food off of his the watermelon plate. thing. Yeah, gave him the. What wa- was that about? The- oh no, he came up and he had a, he, it. was great. He came up and he had a plate of like like breakfast, basically. Is that like all his stuff on that? And he he has he's eating a watermelon. And he like yeah, he uh, and he's like you want some? And Gary's like sure. So he just great puts it down there, <laughs> sure. gives it to him, and he's like he, and he's like he's like I take care of you. I take care of you, youngin. And while it's like it was and it was so cool though because it was like dude like that. That's just like that's that early camaraderie you see, like, hey man, it's that chemistry. Yeah, hey man, like, you, yeah, need, you need you need a yeah, you need you need a little snack. You need a little snack. You look like you're hungry, and and, and I like that. And I saw that from a lot of guys. Everyone felt comfortable. I think you could tell it from like uh, people were talking about it during the press conference, and I absolutely felt it when we interviewed him. But I mean, Yusuf Gurkic was in an was just he was phenomenal. He was in a great mood. He was mm. very you could yeah. just tell he was excited. Dame was great. Ant was great. Like everyone was wonderful really good vibes from the team uh, right off media day, which has me excited. So I think maybe they will be a little bit better than we thought. I think even if they are where we thought, cause I still think they're in that like six to eight seed range. Um, I think there's going to be a fun brand of basketball who can turn some heads when you need to. So yeah, I, I, I like what I'm seeing. I think Joe Cronin sees that and any good GM knows that you're never done, dude. The, <laughs> The, the the Warriors are one of the best teams in the league, and they still went and got Kevin Durant, right? Because the the job's never done. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I want to talk about um Penny Simons and Nurk and the rest more. But uh, actually, we're best friends now, and he says it's Ant. So, <laughs> well, you know, the one you, you mentioned earlier, you, the one question you didn't ask from our Discord, the other question you didn't ask, you didn't even ask him how what he thinks about the Penny nickname. We have no idea. Like he he's. He's down for you to call him Ant because you guys are friends now. But, I mean, if you suggested, hey, what about going with Penny? And he's like, oh, my God, now we're best friends. There's no such like he, there's you, no you such, elevated. There's no such thing as a stupid question, Keith. Only stupid people ask. Him. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> Before we get back into the players, though, uh, you when we're talking about chemistry, we're talking about the bonding. One of the other notable things that has been brought up has been training camp happening in Santa Barbara, not up here in Portland. I'm not concerned as much with it being in California versus some other gym up here, but the idea, as according to Joe, the idea came from Chauncey. And Chauncey then backed this up saying that he thinks teams basically just, they, they, they bond more on the road. They they come together more when you can't go home that, you know, that night to your family and, and the non-basketball stuff. Uh, here's the quote. I've always thought the best way to connect for a team is on the road. If we had camp here, we'd have a good practice, but then everybody goes home. You lose the rest of that day as an opportunity to really connect. And I, I think there's some knowledge there. There's some logic there as far as, yeah, man, like when you guys are all maybe in more of an enclosed environment, you get more exposure. I, he also, I, I think when he was talking to you guys mentioned, I don't want these dudes just on their phones. I want them, you know, getting to know each other face to face. And the, the way you do that is when you have that kind of prolonged, uh, not forced exposure, but just kind of extended exposure. Yeah, I, I think as a player, I would like it. I, I like, we interviewed uh, Josh Hart about it. Loved his answer. He was very candid in the fact he's like, yeah, he doesn't care. He's like, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, I, he's like, I, it's, just, <laughs> it's just business. I just want to hoop. Uh, I'm not worried about building 
building chemistry here and there because we're gonna do that. He's like, I just I just want to go take care of business, which I actually love the answer. He's like, it's gonna sound hey, kind of negative. Like, fire, no, man. dude, I don't think anybody's gonna take that negatively. You're you're all about the business. No. I, I like it, but I think there were some other players that that, that liked the idea. Um, and I definitely think Dame is a guy who likes that. It's a chance. I think he's very big on, you know, let's get to know each other. Let's learn to work as one. And there's no. There's no replacement for being on the road uh, to get a chance to do that. And so when you do your entire camp there, you, you do. You get to do that. And like Chan Chauncey said to us, he's like, you know, I want to really, really force these guys to interact and, and know each other and learn each other because too many times you can get guys in a room and then everybody's nose in their phone. No one's talking. That's not team building. Right, like you might right. be in the same location, but you're not team building. So. He said he's going to kind of force them to try to get out of their shells and and really interact with each other. And, and I like that. I like that approach. Wait to this players more in a second for sure. But let's just stick on Chauncey here. He also talked about with this fan base, it's not about the name on the back of the jersey. It's about it's what you do when you're out there. You're going to get behind this team. Like basically talking about how it's going to be a fun team to watch. He's expecting like what you're saying, the, like what Josh Hart was saying, the energy and the hustle of just like, I just want to get out there and play. You, you ended that interview when you're talking to Chauncey with basically saying you're ready to run through a wall for him. And, and, and <laughs> there is something about how he talks to these guys where just he's inspiring, man. He has a very quiet confidence and just kind of it doesn't seem like he's pressuring them, but he's not letting off them either. It was something that he said a, a former coach told him, and that was you want to be tough with them, but you don't want to leave a bruise. And I, 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 yeah, I, I love yeah, yeah. that quote because I, I, I got what he was getting at. Like you want to under. You want these guys to understand that your tough love comes from a good place, but you're not yeah. you're not here to be mean. You're not here to hurt them, right? Like you're just there's all for good reason. It was crazy because like we asked uh, uh, various players about his coaching philosophy, and uh, what they all came to was that they loved the fact that he didn't sugarcoat anything, that he right. told everybody how it was, how if you, if you weren't doing what you needed to do, he told you you weren't doing what you needed to do, and they liked that. And I think people like undersell how many pro athletes like that approach because they got where they were going and they got to the league by outworking everybody around them, by constantly pushing mm. themselves internally and you now you got to this point and you you get the respect of your coach you get the respect of your teammates you don't want to lay off the gas like i said i told i've, I've told you this before i i talked to players who have moved around uh, from portland or played with different coaches and and a coach like Eric Spolstra, a guy like Greg Popovich, um, guys like like Steve Kerr. When you talk to players who played for them, they always say one thing they love about them is accountability. They don't let anybody get mm. off the hook. Steph Curry has an MVP award, but if he's messing up in a game, Kerr's going to go at him, and Kerr's going to let him know that he needs to be better. And that was something that like Terry Stotts didn't do as much. Terry Stotts is, he was a, a player's coach through and through that's not a bad thing it's just a, a an approach that he that, that he took plenty of coaches do but billups brings a little bit more of that accountability style and i think with the roster he's put together keith i think they love it i think they absolutely love it. yeah I, I think i it does seem like they're excited about it we heard from nurk too talking about the same thing you said no capping uh he just said he's straightforward he doesn't give you any <laughs> and we also heard chauncey you and i were talking earlier pre-show Chauncey had some really good quotes when he's talking about building up Penny Simons, basically saying like, I'm going to be on you. I'm going to ask a lot from you. And and I, I what interested me too, I can't remember exactly where the quote is here, but he says, and this was to you guys, this is to you and Dwight. I'm going to ask a lot from you. 
and he did it referring to simon's basically in the past tense saying he's already kind of past these uh markers or milestones or kind of plateaus uh in in what chauncey is is asking from him as far as development and so i i i feel like if nothing else that really speaks to confidence in in penny coming up and and you know not being you know like we, we've had some conversation in the discord about is grant or is simon's going to be the second option mm-hmm. offensively this year and number one i think a lot is going to be asked of jeremy grant defensively but number two i i think the way that you hear billups talk about penny uh it, it seems like they are expecting a lot from him and, and feel like they've already seen enough to like that's not a question does that make sense yeah but the thing is he talked he talked up he talked up Grant as well. Like he said, one thing he loves about Grant. Oh yeah, I know. One thing he loves about Grant is he can go out there and score you seventeen, eighteen a night, and you don't you don't even know it. He's just gonna do it. You don't even know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and they said the same thing about Ant, but in the other way. Like you know, don't be mad if he's not out there dropping twenty five every single night. And I think those weren't. Right. I don't think those were knocks on Ant or incredible praise on on Grant. I think that was him saying like, expect some changes in what you're used to right it's not just let's give the ball to dame and cj or in this case dame and ant and let them go iso and just get 40 points because we forced the ball into their hand like we're gonna want to move this thing around and you got to remember that ant hasn't played a lot of minutes with dame i looked this up in a two-man lineups from last year it may sound weird you got to factor in trades and injuries and all that but damian lillard played more minutes with larry nance jr and robert covington and Robert uh, Norman Powell and even CJ McCollum, obviously, um, than he did with Ant. So they don't have a ton of time on the court together uh, in, in the grand scheme of well, things. Well, so CJ, they're going to have to figure that out too. CJ over Penny makes sense for a lot of reasons, at least at the time. Um, well, and then obviously after, it does, but then you also they again, shut Dame down. factor in injuries and, and, and rotational minutes. I mean, the fact, I mean, you're playing more minutes with, with more minutes with Larry Nance Jr. than you got to play with Ant. And it's not a knock on yeah, like, that, the rotation. Yeah, that part is surprising. It's just saying, Keith, that the chemistry between them is going to, might take a few games to actually develop because you're not used to that guy it's being your new. running mate as much, you know? So uh, there's yeah. gonna, there'll be a few growing pains there, but I think to, once they figure it out, I think they're going to be there. Yeah, it, it's a lot of new. There's a, there's a lot of... Uh, I think Cronin said something about that as well. There's there's a lot of players that essentially haven't played with Damian Lillard yet, uh, and, and at the very least, as far as the lineups, it, there's been a lot of change, man. But I am excited about the athleticism, the defensive end. Uh, there, there's there's just so much so much new stuff that I I think is going to be uh, just just what what fans have been asking for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, while we while we were under Neil, there was maybe a little bit. It was it got stagnant. I don't think anyone would deny that. But yeah, it's, it's it, wait, here. Wait, one other spot we haven't actually talked about yet. We've gone, what, a good half hour so far in the pod here and haven't brought up the small forward spot. The one spot among the starting five that is still up in the air. I think it was Chauncey that said, uh, like, very clearly, it, it's locked down. You've got Damon Penny starting as the guards. You've got Grant and Nurkic uh, as the forward in the center. And the small forward spot is going to be between Nasir Little, Josh Hart, and... Justice Winslow. I think that's maybe where the surprise came in for myself and and probably a lot of other fans, I assume. We have all talked for a while about Nas and Josh Hart being 
you know, do you start the more talented player or, or the more developed player in Hart? Or do you bring him as an, in as a sixth man and start Nas because he's at that point in his potential. He's going to break out and hopefully he does it uh, uh, for us this season. To hear Justice Winslow brought up, is, is this smoke? Like, is Chauncey just trying to build something between the players here? Do, who do you expect? Uh, I, I, do, do you see Justice Winslow in the running with the other two first off? Then we'll get I, into, I don't. into the room. Either. I don't. You do not. I think, I think Josh Hart is, I think it's probably his to lose. I think Nasir is going to really, really give him a good push. I think there's arguments to definitely be made that Nasir should be the, start, the starting small forward and let uh, Hart be your sixth man off the bench because I love that role for him as well. So I think those are your two guys. I, I would not consider Winslow in that conversation. Um, I kind of look at this roster and I look at Jeremy Grant as your starting four. You look at guys like Greg Brown or Watford who can, I mean, Watford can play kind of the three and the four. Greg Brown can play uh, multiple spots as well. But I look at Winslow being a great backup four to Grant myself. So I don't know if I see him in that position. Um, but again, could be wrong because when you think about it and you think Winslow in that position and then having a combo of Nasir and Grant off the bench like that, or excuse me, uh, Nasir and Hart off the bench, uh, that's a pretty good bench rotation, uh, I think. Gives you a little bit of firepower. So that's where I think maybe that comes into play. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to talk to Winslow at the radio uh, set. Oh, really? Yeah, but we did get a chance to talk to Hart and, and Nasir, who both think they're the starting small forward. So, right. <laughs> um, and, I, and I love that because we asked Josh about it. You know, is he, because uh, he fits a very prototypical, perfect sixth man, but, you know, does he want to start? And he's like, yeah, I want to start. If you ask a player, of course he does. If you ask a player and they say they don't want to start, they're lying to you. Everyone wants to start, and I yeah. want to start. Nasir said that, you know, he thinks he's, because we asked him kind of what he sees his role uh, on the team. Um, and he, he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, do you mean, do you see yourself as a bench player, a starter? a small ball four, a pure, a pure three. Um, and he said just with, without pulling any punches, he's like, I'm a starting small forward. And so oh, he knows exactly where he's aimed at. Oh, uh-huh. for sure. And so, yeah. Yeah. And he said too, he's like, and if uh, I don't get the job, that's cool because it just means we have a starting caliber, small forward on our bench. So he's very confident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's there, which I love. It's, it's, you got, you love to see it out of this year, man. Yeah, dude. No, you can tell he was feeling good. He had an answer. Or I think someone asked him, a question and reference that he's been in the league only four years and he immediately goes well four years is a lot of time like mm-hmm. he's like no i'm a vet i'm, I'm not one of these rookie players no, oh, i'm here sure. i'm ready for it i asked him about what he's learned you know in the offseason kind of going through the injury and rehab and how he fixed his game he, he said to us that he feels the best he's ever been he, his shots better his 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 ball handling's better his defense is better his intelligence like his mind for the game is better um, which was great to hear. So I asked him kind of about that. Like, how do you, how do he make that approach? How did he improve? What did he try to focus on specifically? And he laughed at me, Keith. And he said, neither one of you are <laughs> going to believe me, but I'm honest when I tell you all I did all summer was watch video. And he said mm. how he pulled every single clip that he was involved in last season, whether it was offense, defense, good or bad if there was a position on either side of the floor that he was on the floor for he pulled every single clip and watched them over and over and over all summer to analyze anything he could to pick apart his own game and 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 work on things and then obviously took what he had 
with what coaches had watched. But even he was like, I don't think I've ever watched that much video of myself. And he's like, I, like, yeah, I bet. took through it with a <laughs> fine tooth comb. I was like, that, that's, I love it. Absolutely love to hear that. That, oh, that yeah. That's taking that stuff serious. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited to see what happens between he and Hart. Did you say earlier that you think Hart is kind of the, it's his spot to lose? The starting I think spot it's his you're, to you're lose. Hart in there? I like him in that position. On day one, you're putting him in there? I like him in that position. But like I said, like I, I say that to me, like that's how I'm feeling. Mm. But I think there's a very, very compelling argument to say that Nasir deserves that spot as well. Um, so that's what, that's what I like. I think, the, I think where you could see uh, Nasir take that spot a little bit is because Nasir sees himself as just that true, pure small forward, and that's where he wants to be stuck, as where Josh can play two, three, and four, play them all well. We asked him specifically where does he see himself as more of a two or more of a three because fans have debated that all summer long, and he said, I'm a hooper. I don't care where you play me. I'm, I'm going to play. <laughs> like he doesn't see like he doesn't yeah. see himself as a, as a specific position as where when you ask Nasir, he's like, no, I'm a starting small forward. Josh Hart says, Josh forward. Hart says, I'm a starter. Nasir Little says, I'm a starting small forward. And I think that could play into okay. it too. Okay. Because if I'm a coach, maybe I, if, if there, if there's a battle going between these two and they're head and head, head to head, maybe I look at Nasir and go, okay, you fit that small forward position perfectly. I'm going to slot you there. And Josh, you're so damn good at all five positions that it allows me to really mess with my rotations if I use you as a sixth man. And I think that's where you can play into that a little bit. So I think, it's, I think that's the most compelling camp battle, obviously. And it's going to be a really fun one to see how it plays out. All right. Someone else that we haven't touched on yet that you did release the interview with was Damian Lillard. The, the conversation has been a healthier Dame, whether that's talking like the, the best Dame we've ever seen or 95% of the best Dame. Uh, how are you feeling when, when you talk to him? How do you feel he's looking? How do you feel he, he's feeling as far as coming into the season? Do you think he's... Is there really a change here? Or do you feel like there's any sort of like smoke and hype going on around uh, the improvements that have been made? Definite change. Definite change. A guy who is healthy for the first time in a long time. Not only him, but Joe Cronin talked about it. Coach talked about it. Uh, it's a guy that uh, you can already tell that has his explosiveness back. Um, I heard multiple people talk about how you could tell how the core was affecting him last year. And I think it was Cronin who said, right now, you watch him in the gym. And he's once again hitting his three-point shot with ease because he's just getting the power that he needs through his legs, through his core, to his hands. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a big, big difference in what a healthy dame with <laughs> with a repaired core is going to do. I don't think it's uh, it's smoke and mirrors coming from that. I definitely think it's, it's the real deal uh, that healthy dame uh, is the best game, obviously. Uh, and he's healthy now and is ready for a big, big season as long as he stays healthy. I, I, I feel like it's a little bit of a trap, honestly. I, I feel like he, as good as he is going to feel, we have more talent on the team. So I'm worried that fans are going to overreact if Dame's numbers aren't where they are, where maybe he's not having to score as much because we have other people doing it. Maybe his assists are up and... You know, it's not being looked at the same. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if there's some slight PPG fall, but I would look at numbers right. like assists. Do, does he start? Does he go from you know averaging six to seven? Maybe he's averaging nine because I think Billups wants to get Ant involved. Hello, he it, you 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 are gonna put Dame back on the floor next to Ant 
who was the best catch and shoot three point shooter in the NBA last year, right? You're going to put Hart on the floor, who is a great three point shooter. You're going to put Nasir, who's a much improved shooter. You're going to put Jeremy Grant, who offers the Blazers something they haven't had in that position, and that's a guy that doesn't have to just sit in the corner. He's going to be able to hit shots in the paint, in the mid-range, outside, gives him weapons. Where he wants it, yeah. You're going to get Nurk involved more. Uh, even Nurk said that he wants to be involved a little bit more as a passer. So you're going to have ball movement, and hopefully ball movement that we haven't seen in a while. And if that gets going, it's not going to rely on Dame to score 40 a night. So I wouldn't be shocked if you see his points per game maybe go down he's i think he still has one of those you know heroic stretches where it's like he's averaging 40 points a game for six games or something like we saw a few years back <laughs> but i definitely think this team and the way billups is, is talked so far is he wants to use the athletes that he has and take some of the pressure off of dame's shoulders quickest way to quickest way to to injure that core is to put too much weight on those shoulders and force it to work too hard there you go right protect it all right, so Dame's career assists are, is a six point six according to Basketball Reference. What do you think we hit this year? Last year he had seven point three in uh, what thirty one games played, I guess, right. uh, as far as his season average. Do you think he can hit seven point three over a season? Are we going above or below that somewhere? Uh, Closer to six point six. Yeah, I think I think you got to get, you know, granted it's it's the COVID. Season eight assists a game in 2020 like that's a good number it's a really good number for him he was averaging 30 points per game that season as well so if he hits that 30 and eight number or maybe he's at like 28 and eight and a half like i don't god i think that's a really really good year and people are gonna look at oh 28 like two years ago when he had 30 like who cares like this is who dame is he's averaging 27 26 right those were the years Yo. before that and he's still great so maybe he comes out and he has a year keith where he's only averaging 26 points per game but I think if he's also getting eight assists and he's doing that efficiently and you look at his numbers and his three-point shooting is right back where he was at healthy Dame in his best year where it's closer to that 40% number, not in the middle because he's had a couple years where he's at like a 3-4 or a 3-6. But maybe if he gets back to consistently shooting that 3-9 or a 4, right? So he's, he's, so he's maybe the points go down, but he's very, very efficient with the ball. That's that is phenomenally good for the team. That's what you want, uh, and I think that's what you're gonna get if he goes off and gets 32 points a night and sets his all-time career high for points in a season. That's even better. That's even better. But I just think we're gonna see efficient Dame because he's healthy. Who are you most excited for as far as after the conversation, after the interviews you had between Dame coming up healthy? Uh, Penny coming up with and just kind of, you know, like that next level and seeing what he can do in a full healthy lineup. New players like Jeremy Grant, Nurk coming over with all his Eurobasket experience. Who are you most excited for as we get into uh, preseason? After talking to players, I'm most excited for Nasir Little. I'm most excited to see if he's truly Nas. made the jumps that he says he's made this offseason. I'm fully confident that Dame's ready to go. Fully confident in Ant, Nurk. I know Hart is going to do what Hart does because, as you know, when the trade happened, I was ready to talk about him because I've been a fan of his since he was in L.A. Um, I'm, but the one I'm most excited to see, truly, is Nasir Little. And then a close second to that is Jeremy Grant because you and I have talked before. What I love about Jeremy Grant is just he's a, a true, versatile big that – offers so much that that position hasn't had before and that was just me saying that 
And when I type it in the Discord and people want to tell me, oh, blah, blah, blah. I want to tell you word for word, <laughs> word for word, Yusuf Nurkic, to my face on Monday. No disrespect to my my former teammates, but Jeremy Grant does things at the power forward that we haven't had here in Portland in my time here. Wow. Damian, nice, Damian, oh, Damian cool. Lillard. Jeremy Grant does a lot of things that we haven't had from that position in a long time. All right. So I asked plenty of them how that's going to impact the offense. Maybe we're going to see different things. And like Jeremy said, Jeremy said his goal is to be able to score in the mid range, get going in the paint to take pressure off of Dame and Ant, and then use his passing skills, use Nurk's passing skills to find Dame, Ant, and Josh, and Nasir, and everyone else around the perimeter for open shots, clean, good shots by drawing in the defense. A power forward who can draw defensive pressure to him. Did Al Farouk Aminu do that? Yeah, no. Not not, so you, you wince. No, he didn't. There is no somewhat. <laughs> Watching the playoffs when they were leaving him wide open just to take every single three-point shot. Zach Collins, who I, I still defend and still like, was he drawing a ton of defensive attention to him? No. Was yeah, Robert Covington so draw, drawing defensive attention to him? Maybe when he was in the corner because he was a good corner three-point shooter, but... Even that, that's just drawing your man. That's like that. That's not drawing a ton of defensive attention as where Jeremy Grant can and then offer some other skill sets on the side of it. So when you hear a guy like Nurk and a guy like Dame straight up tell you, this guy brings a skill set to that position that we haven't had in years. That gets you jazzed to watch what that guy can do. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for Grant. I, I want to be most excited for him because a lot of like what you're saying, just having someone at the power forward position that we haven't had in the Damian Lillard era in Portland here. But man, I am stoked to see Nurkic too. I, I love what I saw from him in Eurobasket. I love the confidence that we've both been talking about with what he's bringing in here. I just feel like he is, in, in a similar way that we're talking about with Nas, uh, ready for a breakout season. I feel like Nurk is just, he's at a, he's at a terrace. He's at a plateau right now where he, if he reaches that next level. So some of these, like we didn't talk last week, Chris, about the, CBS rankings or the ESPN rankings that have come out where they're ranking like top 100 players mm -hmm. coming into the season and they're ranking positional uh, rankings. Nurk has gotten some disrespect, man. He was, I think, I, I can't remember if it was, I think it was CBS uh, doing positional rankings, talking about him as the 19th best center in the NBA. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a lock for like a top five or something, but 19 is, th th there's some disrespect going on here. And I feel like he's ready to kind of show you shouldn't be having a conversation where you're putting him below like a top 10 center, in my opinion. Maybe that's a little high. It's a little bit of, of Rose City bias. I mean, like, it, it, it's this 19 is too low. I just like how you admitted that that might be some uh, some rose colored glasses, a little bit, a little bit of bias. I can look, I, I, I know who I am. I'm aware. I'm aware of the uh, the Rip City bias on this end. Uh, it's it's <laughs> I'm OK with that. Here's the, here's the thing. I own Let's it. Just, just really quickly. Let's look at the list. OK. Uh, Jokic one, of course. Embiid two, of course. Davis three. Uh, I still find that debatable. Cause I mean, come I, on. I think yeah. I think he's. Uh, is he really a center? Because I still think he likes to play power forward. Uh, Gobert is at yeah. four. Uh, I'll agree with that. Adebayo at five. I would move Davis personally just because I like him better at the four than the three. But for top five, I agree with it. Okay, number six, Demontis, Demontis, Demontis Sabonis. Uh, okay, I would say well, uh, hold on. No, 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 hold on. Demontis Sabonis <laughs> is six. I'm gonna take Bam over him. Uh, so okay, he's six. Who cares? Even okay, if you throw, right. even if you move those guys around, 
DeMontis Sabonis as a center. That's another debatable one because I like him at power forward sometimes too. That's what I was but, saying. Hold on about but it. But a, consi- like a consistent score, really spaces the floor, good passer, good rebounder. Like if you're looking at guys you want, are you going to take him over, over Nurk? I might. Jarrett Allen, Robert Williams. I mean, that's an all defensive center right there. And then you get into Nurk territory. You got DeAndre Ayton at nine. I agree. Uh, uh, Horford at 10. You saw what he does. Then you get Miles Turner. Brooke but you're Lopez. saying that's Nurkish territory. Uh, you're, you're saying Nurk should be up at like 9, 10. I would put Nurkic right where he's at 19, right? Uh, I I get that. I would put him higher. Uh, he's right there. Uh, Valanchunas is 18. He's a, That's extremely underrating of Valanchunas. That's uh, I also would take, underrated, yeah. But uh, Kevon, Lo- here is it. Kevon Looney is at 17. I would take Nurk over Kevon Looney. Christian Wood yes, is it? Yes, I would too. Christian Wood is at sixteen. I would take Nurkic no, over over Christian Wood. I agree. Vuce, Vuce, Vucevic is fifteen, and I definitely okay, think okay, he, 15. Valanciunas, and Nurk play very similar yeah. and should be right in the same range. I agree. Clint Capella agree. Uh, is at fourteen, and Clint Capella is crazy because no. I think pe- no, I think people have slept on him since he left Houston. He has been so damn good for Atlanta. Him as a top fifteen center for sure. Um, then, but again, you got guys like Miles Turner in at 11, Brooke Lopez at 12. Like you can make debates for here. Christoph Przingis is at 13. I still think he's being ranked off of his name because he's been so up and down. Of course, his time oh, in definitely. Washington was pretty good. So, I mean, you look at these names, you're like, okay, like I would personally, I've said this for a long time. I think Nurk is, is some, should be somewhere between 10 and 15 and probably closer to the 15 number. I definitely wouldn't put him at 19, but it's like, I don't think that's completely disrespectful. I just think it's a... A matter of opinion and a couple wrong ones, but <laughs> well, that's all right, man. Like, uh, like we're we're setting up for the season and just ready to prove all the haters wrong. Nurkic is ready to come in here and, and oh, and, I would uh, love, I would love for Nurkic to prove me I know wrong you would. because I know uh, you would. Uh, he might listen to that and think I'm hating on him because I put him in the ten to fifteen uh, range. But who has been a unapologetic Nurkic supporter for a long ass time? This guy, yes, sir. this guy. So I love you. So and the entire Trailcasters community, to be fair. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's wrap up on a quick listener question here. We, we've talked media day all day. Uh, we've talked about our guys and kind of hyped up the season here. We are less than a week away from the preseason starting next Monday up in Seattle against the Clippers. I will be at that game. Uh, excited about that. We'll be podcasting right after. So uh, tell you all about it. Getting away from all that though, getting away from media, getting away from media day, getting away from the Blazers uh, roster. Currently, we have a question from Dimad. He asks, "Give me your Jay Crowder trades." We quickly had some responses on Discord as well from our guy Sheriff, uh, saying Winslow, Justice Winslow in a second, final offer, or apparently final offer doesn't count, or Crowder and a first for Nas. How are you feeling about this, Chris? Uh, where do you stand on on the idea of getting a uh, a theoretical Jay Crowder trade for either Winslow in a second or uh, Nas gaining a first. Well, I love my Discord, but I'd like to tell you how trades work and tell you that financially neither one of those <laughs> trades do. The only one that makes sense financially is Josh Hart. And personally, mm. I like what Josh Hart brings. I love the versatility yeah. he brings. Listening to him talk, I just love his mentality. I think he yeah. he's already built a good chemistry with this team in the short amount of time he's been here. And we don't know how this is going to play out because this is something that people don't think about, Keith. You think uh, right off the top of your head, just real quick, Josh Hart's a blazer. Like you, he's been here long enough that he's a blazer, right? 
He's a Blazer, yeah. Josh Hart has not played a single minute in a Blazer uniform with Damian Lillard. With Dame. Yeah, I was thinking that. I knew that's where you're going. I told it. Yeah. Justice Winslow. <laughs> I agree. And it's going to be such a different thing this right. season. Like, we have so many players that haven't touched the floor with Dame. Exactly. Man. Justice Winslow, who our coach says is in the is in the, the rotation, possibly to be a starting small forward. But again, I still see as a as a as a backup big. Backup forward. Um, but either yeah. way, he's going to be on the floor. He's going to be a part of the rotation, whether it's starting lineup or coming off the bench. Hasn't played with Damian Lillard. Jeremy Grant, who's going wow. to be your starting, your starting four, hasn't played with Damian Lillard. Ant Simons, yeah, who's going to be your starting two, has, again, fewer minutes with Dame last year than Larry Nance Jr. And then you look, yeah, you look that, back at the crazy. years where C.J. McCollum obviously dominated that, right? You have Gary, Gary Payton, who's going to get in there in that rotation now. And if he sees the floor with Dame, the only time they have together is a training camp a few years back where, G, where GP didn't make the team. So you have to, you have to get <laughs> Dame up to speed, man. He's playing, yeah, and, and I yeah. think when you really see what Hart can do next to Dame, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised at how good those two will play off of each other. So I don't know if I want to give up on the chance of seeing that yet for Jay Crowder, who again, he's up there with like the Robert Covingtons for me, one of my faves. I love Jay Crowder. Mm, I would yeah, have loved yeah. to have he's him here maybe player. three, four years ago. I'd still love to have him now. Don't get me wrong. I would still love to have him now. But I think... Coach Billups and Joe Cronin have built a very specific roster at this moment in time that getting rid of Josh Hart to bring him in, I think they really, really like what Josh Hart is. Now, if there were some sort of way to move this thing around and get Jay Crowder, I definitely think they would because Jay Crowder also fits kind of the player archetype that they've tried to bring in. Chip on the shoulder, plays with that dog, right? Uh, is versatile because mm, yeah, he's, he's, he's played the, the, the three and the four throughout his career. But again, just a real quick, you look at, you look at contracts, Jay Crowder's making 10.1. So uh, you could trade Gary Payton. So, yeah, you could cheap. trade Gary Payton for him, but not until what, what mid December or January, whatever the, the actual date is. So that would have to wait a while. Um, Shaden Sharp's making six on his rookie deal. You got Nasir in there at four. Those two together make 10. Shaden Sharp and Winslow together make 10. Uh, other than that, you got Keon Johnson, Drew Eubanks, Greg Brown, all those guys making nothing. So you can't get anything to, <laughs> to work. The only logical deal that works at this point, unless you want to give up on a guy that you haven't even seen hit the floor yet in Shaden Sharp, is Josh Hart. And I just, I just don't know if that's where I'd want to go right now. So similar to what you're saying, more in the Discord, Diamond asked this question right as we were starting the pod, right? Right about 7 o'clock, he asked, give me your Jay Crowder trades. We talked about Sheriff responding with his final offer and then a second offer. Mac Deuce chimed in about an hour later. Hey! Like what you're saying, Chris, if you're doing it today, the only option is Hart. He also mentioned you could trade two of Sharp, Winslow, or Nas. Smart guy. Overall, it would be a marginal upgrade for Jay Crowder. And then our, our dude shoots and moves. Hey! Chimes in just said, I'd rather just have Hart. So yeah. Everyone is right in line with exactly what you're saying. Everyone completely agrees with exactly what everything you just said. Uh, it's we're, we're all on the same page here. I think, so, listeners, if you have not joined the Discord yet, come and join the Discord. We got smart fans in there. We got podcasters, <laughs> not just ourselves, but like a whole handful of others. We got live episodes going. We got exclusive info from Rip City Radio's Chris Burkhart, who also happens to co-host the show, if you haven't noticed yet. And lots of other fun, too. So yep. come and join the Discord. What are you going to say? No, I just I think I think Hart for Crowder is a lateral move for a guy who just yeah. plays a slightly different position. Like with Hart, you get a yeah. 
Heart, you get a 2-3 with some 4 thrown in. Jay, you get a two-way player just like Hart, but he's a 4 with a little bit of 3 sprinkled in, nothing else. Uh, but it's kind of a lateral move with how they play. And again, I would just I would rather give Hart a chance next to Dame rather than just say, nope, give me Jay and try to mess up everything mm. at this point. Now, if there, if there were, con- again, if there were contracts, like say if Justice Winslow were making $10 million and it was an easy one for one and you throw in a future second pick or something like that, oh, I'd do that all day long. All day long. It's just with the current roster, man, it's tough. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. there. There's lots of time. Lots of moves to be made. But for now, uh, that is kind of our media day coverage. We can talk more about some of this next week. We can talk more about certain players that we didn't really cover. We didn't get to Drew Eubanks. Lots of things to say about him. We didn't get to uh, Penny Simons. Like many things have been, we, we talked around him, but didn't really talk about your interview with him. Uh, we can touch on all this next week. We can talk about the preseason starting up. Listeners, if you have questions, the best way to submit them would be getting on Discord. Come and join us on Discord. You can ask Chris exclusive things, which he can then uh, use all his connections and inside networking to talk to the players. We have lots of other things beyond the exclusive access Chris gives you. We, we Come and join in on these live episodes. T Blizzard dude jumped in here earlier tonight, just hey. popped in to say hello and then didn't quite say hello. We had KJ hey. and Alex jumping hey. in last week. We have a lot of fun. So come and join the Discord. Get involved with the Trailcasters Network here and the Rip City Alliance that we have going with all of the, our other podcast friends. Chris, anything you want to say before we drop out of here? Nope. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm running all on right. fumes. I'm exhausted. I can. You're good, man. You've done great work this week. Thanks for all the content you've brought us. It's been a real pleasure listening to you and Dwight talking to these players. I can't wait to hear the rest of the interviews. We will definitely talk more about some of the other players this week. And all through the rest of this next season, we've got your access, your insight here on the Trailcasters. So listeners, come and check it out. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris. Thank you to Seth and to KJ and to uh, BMAC and everyone else that has contributed content on the Discord for us. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Word. Yes, sir.